on heroes because, like Mariah Carey said, a hero lies in you. All right? So I won't sing it. Don't worry about it. Okay. So uh, anyway, two weeks from today, don't miss it. It's going to be an incredible day. The first hero, uh, you've probably never even heard his name. So uh, it'll be a fun, fun weekend. Uh, also, next weekend, Johnny Garrison will be in the house. He'll be playing keyboard and also will be finishing up this series on My Crazy Family. Today, we're looking at part three. So welcome to those of you who are here, those of you listening to podcasts. Uh, we are going to once again look in the book of James because he talks to us about these family issues and we know that family can be joy and sorrow, right? It can be fun and challenging. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but through this series so far, we have been looking much to ourselves and our part that we play uh, in the family. And we all have a little bit of crazy, don't we? I mean, we all have a little bit of weird and stuff that goes on. I talked about, uh, you know, a habit of pulling on my shirt and playing with the hem of my shirt and different things like that. Uh, When I used to have a mustache, I would do something weird with my mouth, you know, kind of feel my mustache a little bit. So I just, I got rid of that habit. I just shaved it off, you know, and that took care of that. Uh, But uh, Rochelle... Uh, for her weirdness, I guess, uh, she does not like to get on elevators. She just has a real aversion to elevators, and so we walk a lot of stairs uh, as a result. So I don't know what it is with you, but uh, maybe turn to the person next to you and just say, you can be weird. All right, just go ahead. You can be weird. Now, turn to the person that was your second choice and say, you are definitely weird. (laughs) Now, if we were to be totally, brutally honest today, we wouldn't just say we can be a little bit crazy or a little bit weird. We would also have to say, and how many are with me on this? I can be a little bit selfish at times, right? Even a lot selfish at times. I know for me, you know, as a, uh, you know, I try to live my life as a servant of other people, obviously being called in the ministry and to serve other people. That's my life calling. But uh, there's just times, and I'll just be open and honest today, that, uh, you know, especially like on my day off, there have been times where I'm just like over people. Is that okay to say that? Just like, anybody, is that, is that too honest for anybody? Uh, so, so, yeah, I'm just like over people, and I just need my space for a day, you know? And, and so yet, uh, even on my day off, you know, there's chores, there's things to do and whatever, and catching up, and, and so we'll run, you know, errands and things like that, and, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and share this, that there, there's been a time, at least, 
where I saw someone when I was in a store, and I thought, oh my gosh, there's so-and-so, and I ducked, all right? <laughs> I, I just, your pastor just ducked, all right? I just like, mm, okay, let me get over here, you know? And, and so I ducked, and then I'm like going down through, peeking through the thing, you know, see where they're at, and I think I can get out of here, maybe, without getting stopped and caught up and things like that. That's terrible. So, so anyway, we can all be selfish, can't we? We can all be selfish. And here's the thing, is you mix in some selfishness, and you mix in some sin, and, and you mix in some uh, you know, feelings and, and weirdness, and you can get some crazy going on in the house. How many know that, right? And, and, and here's what happens sometimes. Then out of that craziness, some words come out of your mouth that you really didn't mean. And you wish you could take back, but you can't. And, and maybe also in this mix there can be some expectations of other people that we don't have about ourselves. In other words, we'll expect more out of other people that live in our house than we expect out of ourselves. And, and so God, I believe, the good news is, he wants to help us in our families. He wants to help us in these situations. So to help us, we're looking at the book of James because James... In the New Testament, New Testament writer, uh, he writes this letter, and he is the brother of Jesus. And so you talk about pressure when your older brother is Jesus, and uh, I don't even know what that's like, you know, to live under that pressure. Uh, but what we do know is, is he overcame whatever pressures, whatever stuff he dealt with, because he became an incredible leader of the first century church, the very first church. He was one of the great leaders. Now, he wasn't initially because he and his other siblings thought their brother was weird. Uh, you, you read about it, and, and they're like, mm, our brother's weird. He thinks he's God, you know, and... And that, you know, he, there's no way. And, you know, and I know he's supposed to be doing stuff and whatever. But at one point, they wanted to pull him aside. They were trying to, you know, say, hey, you know, just come home. It'll be okay, you know, and all. And, and so he wouldn't do it. And he just kept going. And then ultimately, he dies on the cross, and their mother's there and everything and all. And, and they're still not convinced that he is the Son of God until they met him alive again after his death and burial. And, yeah, I, I think that would do it for me. How about you? Be like, um, yeah, I think my brother was right. I think he is the Son of God. So James became a leader in the church, and he addresses some crazy that was going on in the church family. But church family can be a little bit like our family because they're still dealing with people. And so it applies to our families today. And here's what James does. James just calls 
things out. And how many of you know you need at least a friend or more who can call some stuff out, right? Like, uh, you're not being fair. Mm-mm. Or you're being mean right now. Or that, that's, a, that's a bad thought you're thinking, you know. And can just call you out on stuff. You need some people in your life who will call some things out. And James is going to do this for us today. So are you ready? Are you ready for James to call some things out? James chapter 4, verse 1 is where we're going to pick it up. Here's what he says. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Here's, here's the question. Is, have you ever asked this? What is causing this fight? I don't even remember what we're fighting about. You ever done that? You know, I, I mean, uh, why are we getting so upset? Well, what's going on around here? And, and James says, you, you don't even know what's going on. There's a tendency to do this then, to look and say, oh, I think it was you that started it, you know. Uh, I think you said or you, you did this, or whatever. And James comes along, and what he's going to say is like the old gospel song. It's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. All right? It's, it's not everybody around me. I, I need to look within me. And so we're going to look today at the enemy within, because the war zone is not in the kitchen. The war zone is not in the bedroom. The war zone is in our heart. And if we can win the battle there, we can win the war. So if you want healing in your home, you need to start with the heart. And so the thing that we're going to look at for the next few moments is keeping our emotions from mastering us. How many know your emotions can mess you up? I said your emotions can mess you up. Am I right? Uh, am I right? So here's, here's the first thing. James says, look within. Look within. Everybody say that. Look within. You've you got to look on the inside and see what's going on. I, I was doing some research on this. Uh, this week, and I found a couple of pictures of people who looked inside the hood of their car, and uh, here's what one person found. A squirrel had been storing pine cones up in the engine of their car. I, I saw one other lady that had taken her car in for repair, and when they lifted the hood, her engine, her air filter was full of peanuts where a squirrel had been storing up these nuts for the winter time. And so as a result, 
their, their car wasn't functioning like it ought to. How many know you can have some stuff under the hood, right? You can have a little bit of crazy going on under the hood, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit to look under the hood of our lives. And the good news is the Holy Spirit is great at his job, all right? He is great at being able to look under the hood and see what's going on. We've been reading a book in our staff. We read a book together each month and talk about it. And Peter Scazzaro uh, has written a book about emotional spirituality. And here's what he says, and he's written several books around this topic and, and he says, what occurred to him is, you know, he, he had studied the Bible, gone to seminary, all these different things, but he felt like he was an emotional infant. And I wonder today how many people might be in this room that are emotional infants. You know, we've got infants down the hall that are being taken care of by some of the most awesome volunteers at Crossroads Church, you know, that love on those kids, pray over them, and all while service is going on here. But I, I'm not talking about physical infancy. I'm talking about emotional infancy. You see, you can have Bible verses, you can come to church. You can have all this going on, but Peter Scazzaro says you can be an emotional infant. And here's how you might know that, is you ask questions like, why do I keep sabotaging every relationship I'm in? Why is it that I keep reacting this way when I tell myself I'm not going to do that anymore? See, why is it that words come out of my mouth that I don't want to come out of my mouth? What, what is that? And Peter Scazzaro says, well, that's because you're an emotional infant. Just because you come to church doesn't mean you're growing, right? You, you've got to take that next step, allowing the Holy Spirit to look under the hood and say, oh, look, here's what's, here's what's stored up in there. It's something from when you were 15 years old. Or it's something when you were in college. You know, and you've not dealt with it. And that's the way the Holy Spirit works in our lives. The reason why, you know, people can come to church and still be mean and nasty is that right there. Because they allow the Holy Spirit to work in their heart. And emotionally, they aren't healed yet. They're not whole. And this is where there's tension in the home and, and where tension comes in is because we don't let the Holy Spirit work under the hood of our lives. Hello? And, and you just can't, just can't look without and say, well, you know, it's a great paint job, though. It's got nice tires. Nice wheels, but under the hood, it's a mess, right? 
And, and so today, I believe what God wants to do in your heart, and you may not have come to church for this, but I got good news for you. God was ready for you to come anyway, all right? And he's ready to lift the hood and help you to get over what you've been under all this time so that you can move forward in the life that he has for you. Does that sound good? So James says the first thing is you got to start looking within. And then the second thing he says is you need to acknowledge and identify the enemy. You need to acknowledge and identify the enemy because it'll often pop up like an emotion in your life. And how many know when the emotions get going, you know, it can get kind of crazy, right? I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was a couple of years ago when this got a lot of attention on the internet. Ben Patterson was a young dad and he had the responsibility of taking their child home while his wife was going to go out with the girls for the evening. And so as he was on his way home, Declan, his son, their son, unleashed the mother of all vomits, all right, in the back seat of the car. And he's driving. I won't show you the photo of that, okay, so don't worry about that. But uh, I mean... Things came unraveled when he realized what was going on in the back seat. And he pulled over and starts texting this. He says, so, this just happened. And he takes a photo of their son and sends it to his wife. He says, I just pulled over and I'm trying not to throw up myself. Call me. I just threw up trying to clean him up. It smells so bad. I seriously don't know what to do. I'm barfing every time I try to clean him up. I'm puking on some lady's lawn in Birmingham, and she comes out to ask me if I'm drunk while driving the kids. I'm trying to explain that I'm a sympathetic vomiter. And I can't handle the smell. I love that term. This is so bad, he says. And now the cops show up. And now a breathalyzer. You owe me so big. Meanwhile, Declan continues to barf in all caps. What did he eat? Because it smells like rotting whale blubber. Answer your phone. At least I passed the breathalyzer. Trying to drive home with the windows down and breathing through my shirt. See, see, she's out with the girls and she's like, I ain't answering that. <laughs> I ain't looking at that. See no evil, hear no evil, you know. Not looking at it. How many know that we all have stuff, and if we don't deal with it, 
it has a way of coming up. And when it comes up, it doesn't smell good. Anger, bitterness, rage, deceit, envy, it becomes toxic in our families. And so we've got to acknowledge it and identify what it is. And James goes on to say this in verse 2. He says, you want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, I mean, he just comes at us, doesn't he? He's all up in your grill and my grill today. You don't get it because your motives, right? Your heart, he says, are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. James, would you just tell us how you feel, right? (laughs) Quit pulling punches, right? I mean, you need people like James in your life who will be a straight shooter and say, whoa, 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 it's not your brother, not your sister, it's you needing prayer. It's you needing healing. It's you needing to address these things in your life. The motives, the emotions, the heart. You need to pay attention to what's under the hood. Uh, Maybe you've heard of this gal, Brene Brown. She's been on programming nationwide and written books and different things. And there's a word that I believe she coined from her family experience called chandeliering. And uh, chandeliering works like this, Brene says, is kind of like with kids, you know, when they fall down and get a boo-boo, you know, and they've got a hurt place and it's been bleeding and sore and whatever. And, And Brene says, when you even get close to that spot, you haven't even touched it. But you're just like close to it. They're like, ah, and go to the chandelier, you know, and they're dangling off the chandelier. And she says, now that's what kids do. But here's what adult people do it's not an external scar, it's an internal scar that we deal with. And whenever somebody gets close to that, we jump for the chandelier. And so what that might look like in your life is maybe you were abandoned by a parent or by a loved one in your past. And then how that shows up is you've got a friend that you're supposed to meet for lunch and they're 10 minutes late and you're hanging from the chandelier. You know, you're just losing it because you feel like, well, Are they not going to show up, you know? Or maybe you felt betrayed when a person walked out on you or 
did something that hurts you in some way. And now, anytime somebody gets close like that person was close, you push them away. And you say, whoa, this is getting a little too close, a little too intense. See, she says it's the things below the surface. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to lift up the hood and see what's going on in our hearts, in our lives, in our souls. So that we can look within and we can identify it and acknowledge it and be healed from it. Because God wants to heal it today. He wants to heal it. And you know, we, to do that, we have to separate the experiences. Because let me tell you something. Somebody walking out on you when you were 12 is not the same thing as when you're 32. Okay, so everybody doesn't hate you and they're not trying to hurt you and not trying to, you know, destroy your life and whatever. And so at some point, you got to address that. At some point, you've got to acknowledge that and, and acknowledge the emotions that are going on there because, again, those emotions can bring all kinds of crazy into your home. How many know that? Right? So Daniel Goleman has written some things about emotions, and I, I just have him bring this up real quick. Eight emotions that he talks about identifying that develop in our lives as kids as we come into life and experience life. Anger, sadness, fear, disgust, shame, enjoyment, love, and surprise. These different emotions come into our life, and those emotions are awesome Except when a person is driven by emotion. You know, it's wonderful to have your eight-year-old in the car and be able to take them to the playground. It's another thing to have them drive the car, right? That, that's not okay. And, and, it's an, and it's one thing to have emotion, and it's another thing to have emotion driving the car of your life. And, and taking you places maybe you didn't even want to go. And so what you've got to do is identify the emotion first and then break the pattern because feelings can point you to the truth, but they're not the truth, right? They're not the truth. You can't just rely on feelings. I must be on it today. <laughs> See, see, see how preachers know if they're on it is when everybody's quiet. Okay, then I'm all up in your stuff, evidently, all right, because you don't know what to say. And you're sitting next to a person, you don't know what to say because, you know, they know your stuff too, a lot of it. And so, like, you're just like, mm, I don't know what, mm, okay, I don't know what to do with that. So I get that, okay? So just, just chill, all right? Just, it's all right. So here's the thing, is feelings are important, but, but they, and they can lead us to the truth, but they're not necessarily the truth. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he is the truth. So what he declares is more important than what you feel at the moment. 
Man, I thought that'd be a lot more powerful than what it was, all right? All right? So, so here's the thing. It's your emotions. How many know your emotions can have too much sway? How many, how many can say debt, right? Or bad relationship or whatever. You know, your emotions can lead you in, in the wrong way, and our feelings can run us in the wrong direction. Emotions, though, can be a good thing when they're directed properly, just like they're on the screen. Anger. I've seen anger work for people when people say, you know what? People shouldn't have to put up with that anymore. Women shouldn't be treated like that anymore, whatever. And they get angry about it, and they, they rise up and bring a movement or they rise up and say, you know what? People shouldn't be judged according to their skin anymore in this culture or whatever. And, and all of a sudden, things change. And that's awesome when anger can work like that. Or, or sadness. We process our losses through sadness in our lives. Fear can keep us from going down the wrong road and dangerous things in our lives. Disgust can keep us from unhealthy things coming into our lives. Shame can keep us from hurting our own values because we don't want to feel that anymore. Those are great things when proper, but when we're wounded. See, when we're wounded people, when we're, when we're emotional infants, then what happens, it can lead to a whole lot of ugly in our relationships. And let me tell you something. You, you take some of that and you mix in some weird. And you mix in some other emotions and, and mix in some family problems from the past and all that they bring with them into the relationship and whatever, and you stir all that up, and it can be some crazy Kool-Aid, right? Some crazy concoction uh, in that household, but it's just a part of being in the world. But here's the good thing is, is you can be free, Okay. You can be free. Now, it may take somebody else to help speak into your life. And if you need, I was talking to somebody after second service or after first service today about counseling. And they said, hey, I need some. I said, contact the office. We know several Christian counselors that can help you. Because you may need somebody to sit down with you and ask the questions you aren't asking. You may need somebody to help you to identify the things that you're not wanting to identify. Oh, let's not talk about that. No, we do need to talk about that. Let's talk about that because I think maybe that would be healthy for us to talk about that. And so you may need that. So if you do, that's good. But, but here's the thing. Is all of this, acknowledging and identifying this, is for the purpose to, third thing, break the pattern in your life, all right? Break the pattern. Everybody say that with me. Break the pattern. Today, we're going to break the pattern. Today is the day we're going to break the chains, break the pattern. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but you're going to break that thing today. Because here's the good news, is God's Power is big enough to break any chain that you have in your life, all right?
and he changed. But here, here's the deal. Jesus already paid the price for the penalty of your sin. But some of you maybe have to deal with the pattern of your sin. See, you, if you die, you're going to go to heaven. That's good news. But here's the bad news. Some of you are still living in hell on earth. And it's because you're not breaking the patterns in your life that are leading you in the wrong direction. And, and so you may be saying things like, I, I don't understand why I'm not better. Or, I, I don't understand why I'm not free. You've established a pattern in your life and you need the Holy Spirit to lift the hood and show you all of the pine cones that are stuffed in there today. All of the stuff that's in there. And the good news is the Holy Spirit is great at it. All right. If you let him work in your life, he will help you with that. And, and when you work with God in a partnership, it's amazing what you and God can get done in your life. Okay. So James, uh, let, let's move on to the next verse we're going to look at. He gives even more grace, James says. Even more grace. See, there's, there, how many know there's some more grace, right? There's, there's grace and then there's more grace even as you need it. To stand against such evil desires. So he has the power to break the chains. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he favors the humble. So here's the formula. You ready for the playbook? So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Love that. I mean, that is a, that is a playbook of James that when your emotions get going, whoa, 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 let's pull out the playbook. Let's pull out the playbook. What's the playbook say? The playbook says, humble yourself before the Lord. See, he's God, you're not. So just shut that, right? And, and just humble yourself before God and then resist the devil. See, the devil wants in your house. He wants in your life, and it's not for a good reason. Jesus told us what it's for. He said in John 10, 10, he, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. He wants to get into your marriage and just wreck havoc. He wants to get in with your kids and, and just distort things and destroy things and put tension in things and get emotions going and whoa, 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 whoa. Watch this. I think they're getting ready to say something they're going to regret later. Right? And, and it's like, you know, in the old days, uh, people knocked on your door to sell you something. You know, like a, a broom way back in the day. And, and they'd knock on the door and say, you need this broom. It works better than your broom. I don't believe it. And you say, well, let me come in and throw some dirt on your floor. No. 
you know, and they start to shut the door and they put their foot in the door. And Peter, when he writes about the devil, he says, don't give the devil a foothold. If you let him, the devil get his foot in, and then next thing you know, he's in the living room. Next thing you know, he's in your life. Next thing you know, you, you didn't think so. Ah, oh, we're just going to dabble in it. We're just going to do a little of this. We're just going to do a little of that. And Peter says, hmm, no. If you get a foothold, next thing you know, he'll be in there. And so James says, you've got to slam the door on the devil. You've got to resist him. Don't let him get a foothold in your life. You've got to resist him. Get him out of there. And then after you resist the devil, then draw close to God and he will draw close to you. See, now let me ask you, let me ask you, how you doing with that? How you doing with those? And how many think if you just do those three things, your marriage might improve? Your relationships in your family, they, they might improve if you just did those three things. How are you doing with drawing close to God? Can anything knock you out of church? Oh, you want to go there? Oh, we could do this. and Oh, well, at least there's Christmas. You know, we'll get there then. You know, uh, what about life group? Are, are you meeting with other Christians? What, what about, our, do you have the Bible on your phone? Because you're always looking at your phone, right? Every seven minutes or so, most people are looking at their phone, they say. And so what if you looked at it and you read the Bible every day? What if you signed up for a Bible program where you read the Bible every day? What would that do for you? What if you got closer to God? Here's what the Bible says. He will draw close to you. He will. He will. So here, here's the thing. Is, is if you'll look under the hood... And you'll humble yourself and say, oh my gosh, look at all that stuff in there. I, I didn't know all that stuff was in my heart. I, I didn't know all that was in there. I, I, I'm shocked. And you say, God, God, I, I, I humble myself before you. I, I don't want that in there. I don't want that stuff in there. I, I know that's not going to cause me to run smoothly. It, it's not going to help me to have high performance in my life. It's, it's not going to be a good thing. And so God, just clear and clean all that out. And God, I, I don't want the devil to have a foothold in my life, so I'm not going to go down the path that could allow him to get a little bit of light in my life. Just a little bit, just a crack in the door. I'm, I don't want any of that. I don't want him to even think he can get in. To my household, my family, my heart, my life. And then I'm going to do everything I can every day to draw closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to God. Because I know the closer I get to Him, the closer 
he's going to be to me. And how many believe if that would happen, it would change your life. It changed your marriage. It changed your life. It changed everything around you. So, Father, today, we pray that you'll help us to do this, to put it into action. And, God, just thank you for James. He's a good friend uh, for us to have because he just, he just goes right for it and tells us how it is. And so, God, today, may we act upon it. May we humble ourselves before you and say, search me, O God. Help us just to pray that prayer every day, to dare to pray it. Search me, God. Search my heart. And and then, God, after that, help us to resist the evil one in our lives. Not even give him one moment. And then to draw closer and closer and closer to you. How many of you are here today that you'd say, Craig, that's my desire. I don't want the devil to have any toehold, any foothold in my life. I want to be all God wants me to be. I want to draw closer and closer and closer and closer to Jesus every day of my life. And you'd raise your hand declaring today that I mean that with all my heart. Hands up all over this room. Father, we thank you that we can do that, that our problems come when we don't do that. And and so, God, today, help us to just get real with you and and just declare, I will not have it anymore. I'm going to resist the devil. I'm humbling myself before God, and I'm drawing closer and closer and closer every day. I'm going to do the things. I'm going to do the practical things that are needed for me to draw closer and closer to you every day. And Father, we pray that over every marriage, over every person, every teenager in this house today, every young adult, God, I pray that you will help us to draw closer to you every day. While we're still praying, there may be someone here, just like in the first service, that you would not describe, you would not describe your relationship with God as close. As a matter of fact, you might describe your relationship with God as far or distant. That you don't feel connected to God. You don't feel a real vibrant relationship with Him. But the good news is, if you'll draw close to God, God will draw close to you. And today could be that day when you come into close proximity with the God who has come to redeem your life and to set you free. And if you'd like to have that relationship with your Heavenly Father that I know He wants to to make happen in this place today and you'd like to be included in a closing prayer here right where you are, I'll pray for you. Just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me today. And I I need to come close to God. I I need Him in my life. Help me. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand over here. God bless you. Back over here. God bless you. And over here, a couple people as well. 
All right, hands in several places around the room. So church family, just help me to pray out loud so that those who raise their hands, what I'd like for you to do is just pray out loud as well. And I'm going to give you the words. You just repeat them after me. And there's no magic to this. It's just being uh, aggressive and calling out to God and inviting Him into our lives. So I want to help you to do that right now. Just pray this prayer. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. I want to start fresh with you. So I invite you into my life to wash away my past and give me a new beginning. From this moment forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, come on. It's awesome. Listen, again, there's a next step that you can take beyond just praying that prayer this morning. One is you could come to our starting point group. Uh, We had a new group just start today. And even though you think, well, I missed that one. Well, the good news is a lot of it in the first session uh, together is just introduction to what's going to happen in the group. And so you can hop in next week and uh, be a part of that group. And again, it meets during second service. So we'd love to help you get connected with that. And there's baptism coming up next month. And the first two baptism classes will be on the first Sunday and the second Sunday of June. And we'd love to see you give witness to what God has done in your heart. On the inside, do that on the outside through baptism. Right now, I'm gonna ask our prayer partners to come and stand here across the front. And uh, we're going to stand together, and uh, I'm going to close in prayer, so if you need to go... You-